fiat money is pretty much you have a thief in your pocket that you don't see. It's the government that put a thief in your pocket. And every day that goes by, the money that you have in your pocket, they lose value. Every day, there's a little thief taking a piece of your money every single day. Yeah. That's terrible, obviously. That's terrible. Uh, she coins, I mean, where do I begin? She coins is like fiat on a blockchain. Yeah. Actually, she coins is way better. It's way worse than fiat because there is no, uh, there is no control. There's no regulation. Like it's the wild, wild west. But yeah, she coin, don't touch it. I like just, just forget about it. Um, it's, it's, it's much worse than fiat because you have one guy creates his own token. That's like, look at, you know, FTX, right? Create his own token, pump the market, multi-billion dollar, get a loan against the token, then buy more tokens. It's, 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 um, if you're buying shit coins, you are, uh, you are the yield. You know, like, you know what they say, if you're, if you're a pocket table and you, you don't know who's the fish, you are the fish. And you're the exactly. one that's, everybody's taking it. That's a shit coin for you. And Bitcoin is the is the uh, is the opposite of all of that. There is no creator. I mean, there is, but who knows? There is no token that even he had to mine. So it's completely fair. Nobody can change it. Everybody can own it. Uh, government can touch it. There is no inflation. Twenty-one million. There's never going to be more. You can send it across the world as almost on the Latin network for free, pretty much. Um, so it's the best possible money that humanity could come, could ever create it. Hello guys, welcome to Bitcoiner. This is the fourth episode of the season. Uh, today we have the big pleasure to have here Matteo Pellegrini. He's the CEO of, of Orange Peel app. And uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you very much, Johan. Uh, having me, it's a great pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much. So I want to know a little bit uh, about your background. I know you're from Italy, but talk to us a little bit about your background. Where are you from? And a little bit of maybe about your childhood or your family. Sure. So I was born and raised in Italy, Florence, which a lot of people, you know, sort of tourists in Florence. Uh, great childhood, everything great. Um, two sister, mother, father. And then I studied economics in uh, university. That was my big passion. It's always been my big passion. That's understanding why people choose like a psychology of money, psychology of decisions when it comes to money. Um, and then I moved to London very young, 21 years old, uh, 21 years old of age. Um, tried to be a musician a couple of years. Then I opened a business. Actually, I had a first business when I was 19. Then I sold it to my partner, moved to London, uh, play around with music for a couple of years, and then opened another business which was the, the largest business I've ever had so far. Uh, all about shipping and e-commerce. And then from there, I spent seven years in London, which is a great time, uh, a lot of fun. 
moved back to Italy, tried to beat Uber at being Uber, didn't work. Moved to New York, mm-hmm. had, a, had an app for the theater, ended up working with the biggest, uh, uh, with the bigger, biggest theater agency in Broadway, sold them the technology, then moved to Los Angeles. I didn't like the winter in New York. Uh, moved to Los Angeles, and then I took a break for, from business for a couple of years. I had a job for two years, the only job I ever had, selling cars, a lot of fun, a lot of skills learned uh, about, you know, always about psychology, what motivates people. And then, uh, you know, in those years, I go into Bitcoin, you know, went down the rabbit hole. Uh, at first, I, you know, I went down the shitcoin rabbit hole, then the real rabbit hole. And then in 2022, I started Orange Pill Up, and uh, here we are. Wow, that's an amazing background. And so curious that you have like uh, the musician background, and but also from your career background, it was more like a, a hobby, or did you do you really wanted to start like a, a music career? I wanted to be a musician for two, three, four years. Oh, wow, that's curious. <laughs> I was never really like 100%, maybe, because I always, so my first business, I was 17, 18. I was very young when I had my first business. Mm-hmm. And it was a successful business, so I, you know, I enjoyed uh, the business side, the economic side. I studied economics, so, you know, it all ties together. But then I had this music uh, passion when you're young, you know, maybe a little bit naive. Everybody wants to be a rock star, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it didn't work out. Uh, so here we are. And uh, tell me a little bit about your rabbit hole journey. Sure. So actually, the first time ever I heard about Bitcoin was maybe 2011 or 2020. Uh, sorry, 2012, because it was $5. I remember the price it was very yeah. cheap. Five dollars. I didn't buy. Uh, it was a scam, probably like everybody else. And then uh, Naval Ravikant from Angel List, which I knew because of my background in business technology, uh, made a tweet about Bitcoin, which made me pause and think about if it's really is a scam. Then why is this guy promoting? Because I know this guy is not a scammer. Mm-hmm. So I bought a little bit of Bitcoin. Then Bitcoin twenty seventeen went up like crazy. Maybe I had one Bitcoin, very little stuff. And then I started buying shit coins in 2018, a lot, a lot of shit coins. <laughs> Lost a lot of money because uh, obviously they began the bear market. And then I re entered the rabbit hole with the book of Safedin, the Bitcoin mm-hmm. standard. Because it's an economist and I study economics. I say, oh, you know, may- maybe it's going to. Maybe it has a different view than what I've learned so far. Because what I've learned so far back then was like nothing good, pretty much. So, you know, the Bitcoin standard, like it was the door into the rabbit hole. And then Michael Saylor was like the last step, I guess. Like, you know, when Michael Saylor showed up, I was like, okay, I need to be all in, just like him. So from Michael Saylor onward, I've been a Bitcoin maxi. And do you remember when was exactly the moment that you had your aha moment that you said, okay, these, these, all these currencies are shit coins and Bitcoin is the solution. Bitcoin actually is the answer of the fiat money um, problems. 
I remember one day I realized one thing that was like crazy to me. So, because I have a, you know, I have business and background and technology background. And I also, uh, one day I realized that Bitcoin has no CEO, no founder, no marketing, no advertising, no offices. And I'm like, how the hell does this thing is so successful without anything like that? So that was me for a big moment. There was a big light bulb moment. It's like, like this is something huge because usually companies have CEOs and, and advertising and spend billions of dollars like Apple, you know, you name it. Yeah, exactly. So Bitcoin is worth, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars with none of that. So for me, there was a big signal that I, that I was receiving from the market, let's say. Like this thing has been tried. Also, the Mt. Gox uh, hack, the yeah. um, the block size wars. Like this thing is, should have been dead by now. That was a moment for me. Like this this thing should be dead by now. It has no CEO, has no founder, has no marketing, nothing. And it's still alive. That was me for was a big moment in, in my head in in waking up. Do you, you mention uh, Matt Gox? And uh, actually, I have uh, just out of curiosity because I want to know your opinion, uh, of course, about FTX and everything that happened. Uh, what do you think about these guys? Do you think that uh, when they found these companies, they have like a let's say, an evil motivation or they are just naive about, I mean, maybe they don't have enough education about uh, cryptocurrencies or Bitcoins or what is your opinion about about those cases that we have seen in the last couple of, of months? So Monk, so Monk Gox, I was not around, I was not buying. I know the story because obviously I've learned a lot. Uh, I think the guy was naive. Uh, I mean, it's hard to know what's going on in somebody's mind. But as far as I can tell, Mangos was more naive, out of step, kind of like he didn't know what he was doing. Um, I mean, Mangos wasn't even a Bitcoin exchange. It was like Pokemon trading cards. I mean, it was completely ridiculous. But yeah, when it comes to uh, FTX, I would say, I would, I would, I would uh, if I was a betting man, I would say, that Sam is a, a psychopath. Like, it's a psychopath that it's very smart, obviously, very capable, very smart, uh, you know. But it's like it's a psychopath that like, doesn't care about other people. He only cares about itself. Uh, and uh, so, it would, yeah, there's, a, there's an element of evil behind Sam that I don't think he was behind the guy behind Mancox. That's my assessment. Also, because FTX, I think it was launched in 2018 or 19. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very different time from Mt. Gox. So Mt. Gox, also Bitcoin was worth almost nothing. So there wasn't much money in Bitcoin when Mt. Gox launched. So there's no, you know, it's hard to say, but, you know, I wouldn't say the guy that started Mt. Gox, oh, wow, you know, this is a $100 billion industry. Let me go and steal as much as I can. But, you know, FTX was launched when Bitcoin was already a multi-billion dollar industry. 
Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of education as well, you know, uh, you know, Sefidin and Pridlov and Libera and Antonopolis and all that kind of stuff. So it started, it's, 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 it's more lucky that this guy, it's, you know, is a psychopath and he couldn't care, he couldn't care less about anything else by himself. And, you know, it's just run all kinds of scam and fraud. They, you can, you can name it. He did it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about the changing a little bit the sub, the, the subject. Uh, I want to know a little bit, uh, the situation in Italy about the Bitcoin adoption. How, how do you see in the current situation or in the, next few years do you think it is possible that a couple uh, cities could adopt bitcoin just like switzerland did and also portugal and in some cities or also even my country that make it a national uh, legal tender well i don't live in i don't live in italy i live in united states oh, okay i haven't lived in italy since 2006 so of course i my family is there my friends are there i go back once a year sometimes twice a year uh but i'm not really plugged into italy but from mm-hmm. uh from what i know about italy and italians uh, i wouldn't bet italy to become a uh, next next country to adopt bitcoin like mm-hmm. it's not gonna happen uh, let me tell you that so how do, how do you see the situation in in the United States? Because I see that some states, uh, some uh, governors are trying to to pull and to push to make Bitcoin legal tender. For example, I think it's in Texas. If I don't, if mm-hmm. I remember yeah. exactly, but uh, that they're trying to make Bitcoin legal tender in some in some states in the United States. How do you see the the situation over there? Yeah, I mean, the United States, uh, it's, it's way more advanced and it's way more, I mean, it, certain states are more freedom-loving states. I live in the one that is least freedom-loving states, which is California, but mm-hmm. it's the best state as far as I can tell. Um, yeah, I mean, it's possible that some states might say, okay, it's legal tender in this state, which I don't know how much it's really going to do, but um the dollars is so strong i mean the dollar it's uh it's it's gonna be hard to beat the dollars at in the united states i think it's gonna be very hard i think it's much easier in your country or salvador they have way more incentives of getting rid of the dollars because they, they have no advantages they're the receiver of inflation and all the sanctions all that kind of stuff yeah so yeah, United States. Also, I don't. I don't really think that the Bitcoin is the top-down system. Mm-hmm. It should be a bottom-up. I mean, it is a bottom-up. Like individuals mm-hmm. using Bitcoin day-to-day transactions. That's how we win. It's not like the government saying, "Okay, you guys won." This is never going to happen like that. Yeah, exactly. So, like you said, it's like an alternative that the governments or anybody can can do anything about it if you want to use it you will use it because it's, it's unstoppable right yeah yeah exactly there's no uh, as far as i know i'm not a lawyer but as far as i know there is no law that prohibits you and i doing business in bitcoin or bananas or anything yeah the problem is that we have to pay taxes 
in dollars. So at some point you have to acquire dollars. Yeah. But it's legal to do business in Bitcoin uh, in the United States. I think even in Italy, you know, like you can trade whatever currency you want. And I think if we do that, you know, if that's one of the things that with Orange Pill Up, we're going to facilitate all this uh, uh, P2P uh, commerce, like a circular Bitcoin circular economy is that we're going to facilitate when we launch the marketplace. Um, and we have geolocation, so that helps with funding merchants or people that just want to do business in Bitcoin in your area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's 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 the best path forward, like individuals taking back the freedom instead of asking the government to give us to give them freedom. Yeah. Well, now that you have mentioned the Orange Pill app, uh, tell us uh, what is the Orange Pill app and uh... How do you come with this idea and why to make this app? How do you come with this? Well, first of all, let's let me say it started in app.com. Although you can use it for dating app, uh, especially now because it's close to Valentine's Day. Um, in any case, so how did I get to the idea? Well, it's very simple. I was I was driving in Santa Monica, which is where I used to live. Los mm-hmm. Angeles, and I and I asked myself, where are all the plebs around me? There's got to be more plebs here. But Los Angeles is a huge city with millions of people, and I know like five, six, you know, very few. So I had this thought in my mind, like, how do I find plebs in my area? Because most people don't go to meetup. It's probably no. Like ninety-five percent of plebs do not go to meetup because it's you know you have a life, you can make it, mm-hmm. then it's awkward and whatever. And then one day a friend of mine called me and he is pitching me a dating app for active people, like if you do surfing, you want to date a surfer. And so I, <clears throat> so at that point I had the idea of how to solve the problem of meeting plebs nearby. With the geolocation in the app, that's the problem has already been solved from dating apps, um, and so that's how I got the idea, the original idea. That, that's uh, the inception of the idea. It was mobile phone, mobile app, geolocation, and then people can find each other. Simple as that. Of course, in in business as in and in tech. Ideas always get more complicated and more features, and you know it never ends really. But uh, so Up is pretty much a private digital club for Bitcoiners because everybody pays to get in. There's nobody. It's on even my mother is on the app. Even she has to pay, <laughs> and I'm Italian, so you can even, so you so do the math. So it's it's completely paywalled because it's very cheap. Actually, in El Salvador, it's free. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. If you're maybe maybe you got it, maybe you got it for free. Only in El Salvador, it's free. Everywhere else, you have to pay to get in. And so, with the paywall, which is which, one day I'm going to write a book about the paywall because the paywall is magic. We don't have to worry about advertising, tracking, stealing data, mm-hmm. uh, bots, scammers, spammers, NFT, and shitcoins. Mm-hmm. So when you join the app, 
everybody in the app, you know, have paid just like you. So the connections and the quality, it's it's amazing. Like it's 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 high signal, low noise. Actually, it's zero noise. Literally, mm-hmm. when we launched, actually, we launched three months ago. By the way, today is three months old. Um, when we launched, the monthly membership was one dollars ninety nine cents, and one in one week we had two spammers, two people that would pay it to get in and then send the same message to everybody. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Even $1.99 is not enough. So I raised it to $2.99, which is still cheap. I mean, in the West, it's nothing. You don't even buy coffee with $2.99. Yeah. And now we don't have farmers anymore. So 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 it's a, it's, a, it's very high quality, zero noise place that lives in your the uh, um mobile app that lives in your pocket. When you travel around the world, you can take your phone out, find plebs everywhere you go. No meetups, no telegram, no conference. They're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then from your phone, you can chat with people and then meet them or have a, somebody the other day just told me he had a four hours Skype call with somebody that he met on the app. And like four hours, like that's a long, that's a long Skype call. Yeah. But it's beautiful. That's the whole point. It's building the social layer of Bitcoin at scale. And what and what can you do in the app? You can schedule your own events or do you post like events that are going to be in Miami no. or, or how do you work? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. So right now, so the app is gonna be technically three apps into one. Okay. One, the, the the first piece, which is what it's live now, it's a networking app. So you open the app, make an account, pay the membership. If you want to pay in Sats, by the way, you have to do it to the website because Apple and Google don't let us do it. Okay. Um, once you get the membership, you are in the app and you see the list of people be around you. So the the one at the top always the closest to you, and then you can scroll as much as you can. You can search. And then you can chat. We can connect one-on-one with all the plebs that you want to connect. And then you can go on a date or friends or do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. That's one app. So it's a networking part. Okay. Uh, I think next month or in April, we're launching the events app all inside Orangeville app. And everybody can create an event. So you can want to meet up. You have a meetup tomorrow you want to make? Bang, in the app, address location, time, and you can even charge people to come to the event. You can even make the event free or paid okay. and get paid in SATs in the app. Oh, wow. That's perfect. You can do... Yes. Yes. You can do dinners, soccer games, go to the stadium, go to the... Con- everything, that is, everything that's around Bitcoin in real life is going to be on Orange Club. If it's online, if you want to be on Twitter and podcast, then that's fine. But if you want to meet people in real life, in person, then Orange Pill Up is going to have all those kind of people and events. And then the last piece is the merchants. So mm-hmm. at some point this year, we're going to have the marketplace where you, if you sell books or shoes or haircuts, or you're a lawyer and you want to you sell hours, whatever you sell, you can do everything from the app. Get paid in sets. Okay. Non-KYC, anonymous, all in one place. So you can so hire people. Three apps. 
or promote your job. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a designer, let's say you're a designer and you have certain, you, you want to sell, you know, obviously you get paid by hour. You put your rate, people can find you, you can chat with them. And if you like what they do, bang, they pay you in the app and then you get to work. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Hopefully we will see that yes. by you see you say that one in the second phase in April and the third one. So the events, the events part is gonna come April or May. Uh-huh. Um and then also for people that go to the conference, so we're gonna announce soon that we are partnered uh, with a big conference, with the official app of the conference. Okay. So when you go to a conference, I don't know, have you been to a conference one? Uh, and here in Barcelona, no, For only Bitcoin, no. In general, okay. Ah, yeah, yeah. But if you yeah. go to a conference, if you go to a conference, there's a thousand people. How many are you gonna meet? Five, six, right? You're not gonna meet a thousand people. It's impossible. Yeah, exactly. With the app, you can meet hundreds of people because you can chat with as many people as you want. And then the one that you like the best, say, hey, let's go for dinner tonight. Instead of going to the conference. And then say hi, I'm Wuhan. I'm in Bitcoin. Can we be friends? Like you know, <laughs> yes. it's, it can be awkward, right? It can be awkward. So the app remove all this friction, mm-hmm. and and also lets you do this at scale. You can be at the hotel before you go to the conference, talking with a hundred people that you're gonna meet at the conference, which you can't do it any other ways. Definitely, and. Uh... I, all, I used to make this question in all my interviews and I want to know how would you explain this because this podcast is meant for people that well are starting to maybe learn well it's for everyone but um, my goal is that people that never heard about Bitcoin that they start learning about Bitcoin so how can you explain to anyone that is the first time or just heard a little bit about Bitcoin what is the difference between fiat uh, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. Very good question. Very good question. I should know because I'm orange peel. I'm mm-hmm. the chief orange peel, right? I should know better than anybody. <laughs> and I, I've orange peeled so many people in my life. Uh, usually, my approach is to find out on the one by one what really motivates Juan and and Joe and 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 Sarah. But if I was to explain in the simplest possible term is, uh, so fiat money is is money that the government controls. Mm-hmm. And now we know, like everybody knows about inflation by now, like how bad it is and how terrible it is. So fiat money is pretty much, you have a thief in your pocket that you don't see. It's the government that put a thief in your pocket. And every day that goes by, the money that you have in your pocket they lose value every day. There's a little thief taking a piece of your money every single day. Yeah. That's terrible, obviously. That's terrible. Uh, she coins, I mean, where do I begin? She coins is like fiat on a blockchain. Yeah. Actually, she coins is way better. It's way worse than fiat because there is no, uh, there is no control. There's no regulation. Like it's the wild, wild west, but. Yeah, shitcoin, don't touch it. I like, just just forget about it. Um it's 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 much worse than fiat. Because you have one guy creates his own token, does like look at you know FTX, right? Create his yeah. own token, 
pump the market, multi-billion dollar, get a loan against the token, then buy more tokens. It's 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 some. If you're buying shit coins, you are uh, you are the yield. You know, like you know what they say: if you're if you're a pocket table, and you you don't know who's the fish, you are the fish. Uh, you're the Absolutely. one that's everybody's taking up. That's a shit coin for you. And Bitcoin is the is the uh, is the opposite of all of that. There's no creator. I mean, there is, but who knows? There is no token that even he had to mine. So it's completely fair. Nobody can change it. Everybody can own it. Uh, government can touch it. There is no inflation. Twenty-one million. There's never going to be more. You can send it across the world as almost uh, well, on the Latin network for free, pretty much. Um, so it's the best possible money. That humanity could come, could ever create it. It's, it's. I, I think it's technically impossible to create money that is better than Bitcoin. And, and the last thing I would say to people that listen, if they look around themselves, if they have a house or a car or even an iPhone, everything that works in life is being engineered by somebody else. Mm -hmm. The car has been engineered, the house has been engineered, your computer has been engineered, your dishwasher, everything has been engineered, mm -hmm. which makes sense. Bitcoin is engineered money. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's, it's a leave good that, Leave it like that. <laughs> it's a good approach. And uh, how do you explain to people? Uh, because normally people say that the ones that are starting, but what do you think about uh, the volatility and why the volatility? Because people that are new said, okay, there was uh, 60,000 last year and now it's 21K. How do you change? Because the thing is not the volatility, that's not the problem. It's how to uh, educate people about the, the long-term vision and the short-term vision and why Bitcoin is uh, superior money than fiat in in the terms of saving money to to protect your money? How can you explain that? Yes, uh, obviously the volatility is a big problem for people that just get started in Bitcoin. Obviously, it's a huge problem. Even people that have been years in Bitcoin, even my mother, she's been she's bought Bitcoin in 2019. I told her buy one Bitcoin. At five thousand dollars, so you know, even today it's just making money. But but the volatility. Okay, let me give you this example. Let's see if we can help people. What is the price of? So you're in Spain, so you have the euro. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What is the price of one euro in uh, bananas? What is the price? Like, yeah. um, yes, like the kilo, it's around one one fifty, I think, euros. Okay, but if somebody asks you that question, say like, well, why do you even ask that question? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, you, you don't care. What is the let me Let me reply. Let me rephrase. What is the price of your house in bananas? Do you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're an engineer, though. I'm, I'm sure you're going to do the math, but... Nobody yeah. asked that question, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would hope so. So to price Bitcoin in 
the things that it's going to replace, it doesn't make, it doesn't really make much sense. Because mm -hmm. you're pricing something. So Bitcoin and Fiat are two complete different systems. Mm -hmm. And so Fiat is government and Bitcoin is engineer technology. Okay. So Bitcoin is a, a mind that probably is going to end up replacing Fiat just because it's a much better technology. Okay. Mm -hmm. So once so so when 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 car were introduced a hundred years ago, maybe some people would price them in horses because you know at the beginning it makes sense. Oh, I could buy ten horses now. I have to buy a car. I could do this again. Okay. Yeah. But at some point, people would just say, "Okay, one car is worth uh, in dollars, right?" Because that was the currency. So to price Bitcoin in dollars or euro. It doesn't really make much. It doesn't really make much sense. What you what you really need to understand is that if you buy one bitcoin, you're gonna have one bitcoin out of twenty one million forever. Yeah, that's the thing you need to understand. You're gonna own a percentage of the whole network that nobody can touch you, nobody can steal it from you forever. And you can pass the, the the percentage to your child and grandchild, and you don't have to worry about the government going bankrupt, like you know Lebanon, Turkey, Argentina. Every government goes, even Germany went bankrupt. Italy, like you know, the leader is gone. Uh, yeah, so the volatility is because we're we're going from one system to another. So of course there's going to be turbulence when you go from one system to another. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you look, you know, even 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 within the system, if you look at three, four, five years, Bitcoin price always always gone up, always gone up. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so uh, it's time to be a little bit silly, <laughs> and uh, we're. I yeah. told you that at the beginning, before we started the the podcast, that we're going to play a game that it's a section that is called Hard Truths. Uh, so basically, we're yeah. going to play. Uh, rock, paper, scissors, and uh, the loser pick three questions or whatever question they, they have lost in the game. And uh, it's like a yep. question. We're going to give uh, short answers. And uh, cool. and that's it. It's just to make it a little bit fun and not just too serious. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. Let's, let's do it. So, just let me change this. Uh, the view. Okay. So, I'm going to say rock, paper, scissors. And when I say scissors, we show. And we're going to make sure. it three times. And uh, okay. and the loser pick a random question. And, uh, and the winner make the questions. Got it. Okay. I'm a professional rock, scissors, and paper player, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> so you've been in tournaments. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Okay, okay. There you go. Just one question. Okay, I, I'm going to... You're going to ask me the question. Amazing. Uh, so I'm going to ask you the question, right? Yeah, I'm going to pick it randomly. Let's say... So uh, you pick or I pick? I pick a random number, a random number, and you... Because I don't see it, and oh. you ask me the question. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So, yep. I don't know, 53. 53... What's your anthem right now song? Oh my son. Ha. 
Um, that's a good one. I think it's one from Quevedo. It's as a uh, uh, artist from here in Spain, and uh, you gotta sing it. No, I'm not gonna sing it, <laughs> but I can. I can send you the that's, the song. That's later. the game. <laughs> no, it's just... oh later in private. <laughs> okay, but, nice. but Quevedo, I, can't I, wait. I recommend you strongly, Quevedo. It's a it's a really nice guy. Uh, okay. And, uh, Is okay. it Bitcoin? It's uh, I don't know, but I'm going to. I hopefully I will meet him one day and ask him. And if not, I'm going to orange peel him. <laughs> okay, so go. we're almost. Wow, we're almost at the end of the interview. We have around five to ten minutes. So I'm going to ask you just two more questions to wrap it up. And uh, yeah, before we started the game, you just said that well, eventually Bitcoin is going to replace uh the fiat monetary system so how far are we from that how far are we from that road from from your perspective and Th uh thanks yeah no continue Go ahead. <laughs> thanks for the easy question Juan. Very easy. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you asked me because i know the answer why wouldn't i <laughs> well i don't know like it's it's uh, so one thing i can tell you it's uh Bitcoin, it is not inevitable. That's a misunderstanding. That's a mistake that Bitcoiners do. The thing is inevitable, which is not true at all. Mm -hmm. It's not true at all. What is inevitable is the death of fiat currency because they always die. Sooner or later, they will die. You know, history is full of dead uh, fiat currency. I think uh, there's a lot of work that we should do as Bitcoiners to make sure when that happens, when, big, when the dollar dies, Bitcoin is ready to take over, which is not today. Today is not ready. Mm -hmm. Today is not even close to be ready. So yeah, we are too early. Yet. Yeah, the, you know, Latin network is great. There's a lot of problems still in Latin network, but it's, you know, it's a huge, huge, huge improvement, of course. Um, I don't know, I mean, how, how long you know, technology, it's also exponential, right? It's not linear. Mm. So it, it, it escalates the more you go on the curve, right? It's hard to tell, man. It's hard to tell. I mean, you know, you can't predict the black swans event like COVID, uh, rush. You can't predict that. Um, I would say easily a decade, at least a decade, at least. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening, don't, don't get in a hurry. Just <laughs> keep buying, keep stacking, educate yourself, meet plebs on Orange Pill Up or whatever you do. Just build the network, you know, build the network, build the social network because the social network is what's going to make it, it's, it's what's going to win or lose. Because when we can talk to each other, especially in real life, is when you really get conviction, right? If you're always in the in your house, listening to all the podcasts it's okay but you know when you meet somebody like you and realize that, oh this, this, i'm not crazy so yeah there's a lot of work to done which uh, hopefully orange pillar would be one piece of this uh, huge work yeah. but yeah at least a decade for sure and the second part of that question was that uh what do you think are the which are do you think are the the main challenges that Bitcoin has to um, 
well the the main problems that have bitcoins right now to be as well definitely the yeah definitely the volatility you know people you can't teach people you, you know doesn't matter like how much time you spend mm -hmm. majority of people will never really take the time to understand oh it's a new system i shouldn't press in the old system so definitely the volatility needs to go down Number one, number two, the payments rail, the infrastructure, it needs to be built. Uh, payment rails, all that kind of strike, I think is doing a great job. A lot of companies are doing a great job in terms of like making payments really, really easy. Like, like, a, like fiat. Swipe your card, bang, you're done. You have to load a wallet or a QR codes, just bang. So that's, uh, you know, it has to go. It has to go mainstream. To go mainstream, we Bitcoiners should stop talking about decentralization, self-sovereignty, and censorship resistant. Because most people don't care about this stuff. That's why yeah. you don't understand if you're a Bitcoiner like 24-7. Most people do not care about this stuff. They do care about fast payments, global payments, like I can send, you know, I send money to my mother or to my friends. One click, bank. No banks, no government, no fees. It's amazing. Uh, so we have to focus on what really matters. Like back to my sales days. Like if somebody's buying a car from me and they really are artists, maybe I'll talk about the color of the car. I'm not going to talk about the engine of the car, right? So we have to talk about things that people care uh mainstream mainstream yeah. if you want to go mainstream you have to talk their language yeah. not the bitcoin maxi language i think that's that's a that's a big uh lesson that we have to learn for sure okay and uh one last question uh have you already have you already built your family i know you just said your mom but when that happened and if, if oh, you yeah. have any other family members that you already built yeah, everybody, everybody. That's uh, well. I wouldn't say orange peel, orange peel. Like you know, they have Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Everybody in my family have Bitcoin. Everybody, okay. but then obviously they're not Bitcoin Maxi. Like you know, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're not reading books. They're not listening to Michael Saylor. But they got Bitcoin, so at least they have some safety there. Okay, perfect. So. Uh... That's it. I think, uh, yeah, I made you all the questions. So thank you very much for for your time. Thank you for being here. And yeah, just thank you for, for your knowledge and to provide us your, your point of view of Bitcoin. Thank you, Juan. It was a great pleasure being with you. Thank See you, you in the app. See ya.